Good evening, everyone. Um, it's time to call us to order for the regularly scheduled February 24th, 24th 2020 um, Shawnee Mission School District Board meeting. Our first item of business is the Pledge of Allegiance. We are joined today with elementary kiddos from Roseland Elementary School to lead us in the pledge. Good evening. Thank you for having us. I'm Michelle Pittman, the instructional coach at Roseland. I'm here on behalf of Dr. Wolver, who is currently out of town for professional development. Tonight, we wanted to recognize students who have made outstanding gains toward their personal learning goals in the areas of speech and language, communication, academics, and behavioral. We also have Holly Obohoy, the special education teacher, Amy Shields, our speech pathologist, and several wonderful <coughs> classroom teachers here. We're going to begin tonight the same way we begin every day with our school mission, the Panther Pledge. So I have a kiddo that speaks with a communicative device, so he's going to start us off here. Okay. Ready? Set. Pledge of Allegiance first. Ready? Hands on hearts. Thank you. Ready? Go. And now they will lead us in our Panther Pledge. Turn around. <laughs> Go. Panthers are peaceful, responsible, respectful, and safe. We are active learners who have empathy and show compassion. First grade. Gus am I and I am in second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Kason. And yeah. Second grade. Cicely and I'm in third grade. Willow, I'm in fourth grade. My name is August Miller and I am in fifth grade. I am Santina, I'm in fifth grade. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. That was lovely. Next. Next, I'll seek a motion for adoption of the agenda. Item 1.3. So moved. Second. Uh, moved by Sarah and seconded by Mary. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And we'll move on to 1.4. I'll seek a motion for approval of the minutes. So moved. Second. Second. Uh, so Laura is seconded. And all those in favor? Aye. Aye. And moving item on to item 2.1, the superintendent report. Okay, thank you very much. We appreciate everybody coming out this evening. You know, I mentioned before that no two schools in our district are alike, but they're all working toward the same objective. And that objective, of course, is ensuring that every student has a personalized learning plan that helps them be college and career ready and ensure that they graduate with the interpersonal skills that they need for life success. 
Each unique school community is in the process of creating and customizing its own strategies to achieve this shared objective. On February 19th, we welcome parents, staff, principals, and students to a district-wide meeting of school site councils to engage in the work of customizing school plans. Attendees reviewed data, monitored progress on school goals, reviewed school improvement plans, and provided recommendations. This, by the way, is not only meets district, uh, the district goals, but also the Kansas requirements for schools. The input from the site council members is invaluable, and communities that grow together to ensure the success of every learner are what make for excellent public schools. Steve Adams, a band teacher at Shawnee Mission South, is the Kansas Music Educator of the Year. Mr. Adams, who served as band director at Shawnee Mission South for four, 34 years, is recognized for mentoring teachers and students and fostering a love of music. He will be formally recognized this week by colleagues from across the state at the KMEA in-service workshop in Wichita. Congratulations to him. Jesse DeBach, a junior at Shawnee Mission Northwest, earned a perfect score on the ACT exam. DeBach is, yeah, give me a hand that out. DeBach is exploring higher education opportunities and is interested in possibly pursuing a future in engineering, physics, or computer science. Less than one-tenth of one percent of all ACT test takers earn a perfect composite score on the ACT exam, and we congratulate Jesse on this remarkable accomplishment. Shawnee Mission North High School Marching Band and Director Chad Reed have been presented with the Kansas State High School Activities Association Heart of the Arts Award. They are being recognized for the various ways they give back to their community through their musical talents. They perform at local nursing homes and elementary schools and mentor younger band students. They are also recognized for an act of kindness they perform for a neighbor. The marching band at their neighbor's request traveled to her house and performed happy birthday as she turned 85 years old last fall. So congratulations to them. Well, if you have a pre-kindergarten student, enrollment has begun. Last week, we started a pre-kindergarten student enrollment. We're proud to offer a pre-K program for children who are four years old on or before August 31st and are living in the district. Pre-K classes are being offered at various schools across the district in the 2021 school year. The enrollment is being accepted on a walk-in basis. We'll include a, a link in the board recap for more information about that enrollment process. Shawnee Mission students are presenting live broadcasts of Shawnee Mission High School basketball games. This Friday, February 28th, they will present games between Shawnee Mission North and Shawnee Mission East. The girls' game begins at approximately 5.30 p.m. and the boys at 7 p.m. Links to the broadcast will be shared on the district website and on Facebook and Twitter. Well, this is Public, edu school edu sorry, public Schools Week. And we join schools and supporters across the country in commemorating National Public Schools Week. As a Shawnee Mission School District, we represent the third largest school district in Kansas, with more than 27,000 students and 3,400 staff. America's public schools educate 9 out of 10 students in the United States, more than 50 million children. 
to prepare them for their future endeavors. Public education is one of the most important and beneficial resources we can provide for our children, our community, and our future. We're proud to join this celebration of our students and the many school professionals who work to help our students achieve their greatest potential. Well, tonight uh, we had planned to bring forward a refresh of iPads and we are going to delay that for a year and I want to explain a little bit why. The refresh provided iPads for elementary students and K-12 through teachers and as we were looking at uh, what to do with the refresh, uh, any delay needed to be for a year because even a month delay means that learning devices would not be available for students and teachers at the start of next school year. Elementary students and K-12 teachers will continue to use iPads. The iPad is a tool that serves important purposes, including but not limited to such things as supporting teachers and in instruction, supporting students and mastering priority standards that lead to college and career readiness, providing timely and ongoing assessment feedback that supports learning and goal setting, assisting portfolio development, aiding in communication, and so on. We'll take time this next year to collect data and build understanding of our instructional practices with digital devices. And no tool, digital or otherwise, is a sole cause of success or failure in student learning. How a teacher and teams of teachers use learning tools to support individual learners is the key to improved student learning outcomes. The board will receive an update next year in the form of a program evaluation prior to receiving a recommendation from me to refresh the iPads. And that recommendation will come about this time next year. Last year, we formed a digital learning task force that conducted a study. That study was made public and can be found on our website. Practices addressed in that study and implemented this year include the development of a district framework and expectations. Uh, that included the formation of an app committee so we could look at the apps that we were using to make sure that they were appropriate. Uh, emphasis on digital citizenship, uh, parent resources, and those parent resources have been added to our district website. Professional development for staff, um, such as we created a staff hub of resources and PD options, and we also provide on-site professional development among others. Those are some of the examples of things that have happened. Next year's goals, uh, include, but are not limited to, digital learning curriculum available for teachers, ensuring that students receive instruction on digital citizenship, and continuing the Tech Thursdays professional development opportunities currently provided to staff. The changes made this year are part of a continuous improvement process designed to help every child achieve our three objectives. As evidence of our ongoing commitment to continuous improvement, the, cur the curriculum and instruction department was approached in mid-January with a request from administrative representatives from the secondary schools that the district consider blocking streaming media sites such, such as Netflix on district uh, devices. They indicated growing frustration among staff and parents about the amount of time students were spending watching streaming media. And as a result of that review, we're going to make some changes for next year. Beginning in August 2020, the district will block the category of streaming media on all student devices on Mondays through Fridays during school hours. This will not affect us teacher devices. I, I don't know that everyone will find that popular, but I think <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear next year whether that's universally accepted. But thank you for the applause. Uh, the, district will, 
The district will work with teachers to develop a list of approved sites for audio and video streaming. Uh, these streaming sites to include approved academic sites would be vetted and allowed during school hours because there are tools, of course, that are very appropriate for instructional purposes. At the end of the day, all of our learning tools, whether it's digital, paper, or anything else imaginable as a tool, are intended to support high-quality instruction that leads to every student developing a personalized learning plan that helps them be college and career ready and also helps them develop the interpersonal skills they need for life success. And we know in the digital age that that interpersonal piece is really important. And so uh, the funds that are allocated for iPads directly support elementary students and K-12 teachers in, in learning. And it's important we continue to commit those resources accordingly. So that gives you an update on uh, the refresh, why we're delaying it a year, the data that we'll be bringing eventually to you as a board, and the fact that you can anticipate next year about this time that I'll be bringing a recommendation forward to you for a refresh. Um, I also want to do a little bit of a shout out here to uh, my good friend Linda Seek. Linda, we've been working together on trying to resolve some of the issues that we've been working through. There's been discussion about mediation or other kind of strategies. I just want to thank you for your work and uh, our continued partnership together to uh, bring any issues that need to be resolved uh, to conclusion. So thank you. And in conclusion, we have an all-star. At the request of one of our school communities, one of our all-star recognitions will be moved to next month. But tonight, I'm pleased to ask Greg Lawrence, principal of Trailwood Elementary School, to help us introduce tonight's Shawnee Mission All-Star. Thank you, Dr. Fulton and board members. Uh, good evening. I'm Greg Lawrence. I am the principal at Trailwood Elementary. It's my privilege to be here tonight to introduce Robert Lee as a Shawnee Mission All-Star. Mr. Lee is the hardest working person I know. He takes a great deal of pride in the appearance of the Trailwood building and grounds. He's been seen on many occasions stopping his car as he leaves for the day to pick up random trash that is flying his school. Mr. Lee is very personable and collaborates well with everyone, whether it's an event for PTA, daily assistance for teachers and school staff, set up for music performances, gymnastics equipment in our gym, or some other task. Robert is always ready and willing to help, and he helps with a smile every time. Most importantly, Mr. Lee has positive relationships with our kids. He can be seen every morning in the cafeteria before school, talking with kids before they start their day in their classrooms. Kids at lunch are always asking Mr. Lee if they can help him and students in his multi-grade level nest group enjoy their time with him each month. He is a kind, gentle, friendly man who the kids trust and love. Mr. Lee is a very important member of the Trailwood staff. He is a role model, he is a friend, and he is truly an all-star. And I think we have a video that gives a little more information on Mr. Lee. Robert takes an immense amount of pride in um, the condition of our building and our grounds, um, but he also takes a lot of pride in just being a member of our team, and he's a really important member of our team. 
Robert's just, he's a great guy. Uh, he, he truly cares about you know, every student, every staff member uh, in the Trailwood uh, community. Um, he works extremely hard uh, to make sure that Trailwood looks as beautiful as the day it opened. So we soar here at Trailwood and Robert soars probably the highest. He's just, uh, he's a hard worker. He interacts with the kids every single day and he takes the time. He always has time for everyone, whether it's staff, whether it's students, whether it's visitors coming in. He will take the time and make you feel so special one-on-one. -on -one. Mr. Lee took the time for one of my grandchildren, um, Jonathan specifically, and he changed his outlook on his life. And um, it's, I think, one of the most significant moments that have happened to Jonathan since the adoption. Um, and it's interesting because we as people don't recognize the most significant moments of our lives when they're happening, but other people may recognize them. And I don't think Mr. Lee recognized the importance of what he did. Don't know the conversation, but watched Jonathan go from slouching to sitting up straight with his face lighting up. And on the way home from school, uh, Never asked what the conversation was, but Jonathan just volunteered in the back of the van that he feels safe at school now. You care a great deal about not just our building and our grounds, but really, um, more importantly, about our kids and our community. Um, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for all you do. Congratulations, Robert. I appreciate you. Trailwood appreciates you. Thank you for being you. Thank you guys. Um, boy, I feel so <clears throat> really privileged and uh, honored to receive this award tonight. Um, you know, <clears throat> my Trailwood family, I can't begin to explain what they mean to me. Um, six years ago, I was in a pretty traumatic car accident. Didn't know if I'd even be able to come back to work. But God saw me through it, and uh, he's the one who really gets credit, Jesus Christ, for my, all my things I've done since then. Um, but I want to thank Greg Lawrence, my principal, for nominating me, and you, the school board, for selecting me. Um, you know, we're, we're like a family at Trailwood. We, we're just there to help each other out in any way we can. And I, I truly think that spills over to the children, the students. And I think that um, some of the things that make my day so rewarding are we have a great staff, great parents, great student body, and a very supportive PTA. They support us all in so many ways. I can't ask enough. Um, I couldn't express enough how much I appreciate everyone 
And that makes me want to come to work every day and do the best I can. Um, I've been in the district a lot, a lot of years, and um, been worked a lot of buildings, but I truly believe that um, Bellwood has such a positive, uh, supportive working environment, and it makes such a huge difference. Um, so thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. You guys, I couldn't ask for all your support. Thank, thank you all. Go find the birds. Well, congratulations again, and thank you for coming out and supporting your colleague. That concludes my report. Thank you. Uh, moving on to 2.2 board member reports. Um, we'll start with SMAC PTA. Uh, Jamie Boardman, do you have a report for us? Yes. Um, from SMAC PTA, there is a general PTA meeting on Monday, March 2nd here. Um, it's open to all PTA board members, and Dr. McKenney will be speaking about the panorama survey, and Q&A is available, so please come if you can. Thank you. Uh, with the Education Foundation, uh, Jessica, do you have a report? No updates for me. Um, KASB Board of Directors, uh, Laura, do you have a report? Uh, we'll be meeting again next, uh, first weekend in March in Lawrence. And also I'll have more to report after that. But I do want to congratulate Dr. Mary Sinclair on being selected uh, for the KSB 2020 Leadership for Tomorrow class. So she will be uh, touring different districts around the state and learning more about what's going on in those other districts. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that from her once she gets started. So that's all. Thanks. We're off to Hayes, our first stop. Well, then I'll, I'll turn to you, Mary. Do you have an update? Um, I, I was just going to touch on a couple of things in the um, legislature. The uh, session has hit turnaround week, so theoretically there are no new bills to be introduced and work. The body just works those bills for the most part in most um, committees. But as we know, there are a few that take new bills. So um, there was a community member who happened to introduce two additional voucher bills, I believe. So there are now about four uh, three kind of pretty straightforward voucher bills and another to expand the um, tax credit scholarship program. So um, we are on record as, uh, as a district in line with our platform of testifying against those. I'm not sure how the two new bills will take hearing since we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, a couple other bills, the, um, and I'm not claiming to be the expert here. I'm just kind of reporting what we see in KSB. The bill that um, was addressing the at the high density at risk funding, which is critical to our district. Um, that the latest I think um, configuration of that bill is that the sunset was not eliminated but extended for five years. So there is a possibility that that um, that will continue to get worked in that fashion, which would be better than the sunset going into effect. And then there is um, two other bills I think that are related to our legislative update. The vaping bill is continuing to get worked and that is getting taking all sorts of odd sorts of twists and turns in a way that doesn't look like, I don't know the direction of it's going. The one part that came up that was I think something we've talked about a lot as the board is how is that bill looking to provide support and cessation programs for those who've become addicted to nicotine and that's kind of got an odd twist 
in the bill right now. So I think there's some questions around that that are worth exploring to kind of flesh out. And then finally, there's some expansion also of the mental health pilot, which again, I'm not, you know, it's a good thing to provide services for kids. I just don't know if Shawnee Mission will be able to benefit from that. I don't think that we do. Probably not. Um, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then Brad, I'll turn to you for a finance and facility committee report. If yes. there is one, did the letters go out or? Uh, a list of dates have been developed for the first meeting and that email is going out to the rest of the committee and we'll pick a, pick a date from that. Okay, great. Hopefully next two weeks. Um, and then on the policy review committee, Sarah, do you have an update? Well, we have a meeting next week on March 5th. Um, the edits to the board manual are finished. Those are in, uh, they'll be to you soon. And I anticipate having that on the March agenda. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, that concludes board reports. And we move on to item 2-3, board financial report. Sorry. Uh, Russ Knapp will provide the board financial report. <coughs> Well, good evening. Uh, the financial report as of January 31st, it is attached to the board docs for your review. Um, there's a, we've been tracking about three items all fiscal year. Uh, we're gonna add another one to the list um, this month. Uh, our overtime is tracking to be over budget. And when you have four snow days, you spend a lot of time moving snow. So that one is um, most likely will be over budget by the end of this year. Uh, our certified substitute cost continues to track to be over budget by about $150,000. Uh, we have not made any progress towards uh, coming back towards under budget. Um, on a lighter, on a positive note, utilities and uh, student transportation usually lags about a month. So those are those are invoices that are actually through December. Um, but both of those are tracking nicely to be under budget at this point. Um, all the other funds, your self-supported funds, are still tracking um, to be self-sufficient. Um, do you have any questions for me about the financial reports? Does anyone have any questions? No, doesn't look like it. Okay. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. Okay, now we're moving on to public comment, and I'll go through the spiel as quick as I can. Um, if you would like to address the board during public comment, please complete a public comment information card prior to the meeting. Um, they're available from Terry, who's the clerk of the board. Um, if you need any accessibility um, assistance, please let us know prior to the meeting so that we can have those here and at the ready for you. Patrons are encouraged to electronically submit the request to speak at public comment the Friday before so that we can have an opportunity to collect information to respond to your comment if possible. Um, there are a few reminders that help speakers have a constructive and positive experience when presenting their comments to the board. When making your remarks, please proceed to the podium when your name is called and share your name, city of residency, the schools your children attend if applicable, and the name of any group or organization you are representing. Please limit your remarks to three minutes. In consideration of everyone's time, please select a group spokesperson to represent your interests or you may choose to pass when your name is called if a previous speaker has already expressed your concerns. Written comments and or materials may be accepted and should be given to the clerk board for distribution. Please ensure there are at least eight copies for distribution. Please make your comments while remaining behind the podium. Um, complaints regarding students or staff should first be addressed to administration in accordance with board policy KN complaints in order to protect folks' privacy interests. And that gives us the opportunity to consider whether to hear such complaints in executive session. If comments pertain to an item on this meeting's agenda, 
The board president may ask the superintendent or his or her designee to address those comments at that time or when the item is up for board discussion. Generally, responses from board members during public comment will be limited to clarifying questions. It looks like the first person we have to speak this evening is Rebecca Schultz. Good evening. I wrote a poem about my experiences up here at the CAW when I've come to a variety of board meetings. As a colleague who spends most of my life in a wheelchair, I think it's important that we address equity. So here's the poem. Your plan teaching equity for all, yet I'm shocked, silenced, and sit still steaming, asking me to move because to you I'm in the way. You forget I am not my chair. Do not place me where I am hidden. How dare you? I will no longer be silenced. By me, for me, for you to understand equity for all. I invite some of you to attempt to go around the buildings in this district in a wheelchair and see how difficult it is to get in and out of classrooms, amongst other things. And it's the same for our students who are in wheelchairs. I have many in my building. And it's a struggle. I appreciate that you have finally made a spot for me to sit at the board meetings. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker this evening is Linda Seek. Good evening. Um, it would be an understatement to say that the past several months have been challenging for all of us. And I've taken a poll taken a toll on us professionally and personally. Now is the time to find a way to move forward together in the best interest of our students and our staff and the district as a whole. Our patrons need to see that all parties, NEA Shawnee Mission, the Board of Education, and district leadership are committed to work collaboratively to find common ground. And I'm here this evening to let you know that NEA Shawnee Mission is willing to come together so that we can get together and move forward. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes our public comment for this evening. So it looks like we're moving on to discussion items 3.1, SPED Staffing Incentive Program. Yes, and I'm going to uh, have... Dr. Sumner actually introduced the uh, presenters. We have a brief presentation and then they'll be available for questions. Good evening. Thank you for your time tonight. Uh, I'd like to ask Dr. Lachelle Sig, Dr. Michael Schumacher, and Ms. Sherry Demeline to join me at the podium. As many of you know, <clears throat> although we recruit year-round now, uh, March is the official kickoff of our busiest recruiting season. And while um, I think we have a lot to be proud of in the manner in which we recruit and attract talent to the Shawnee Mission School District. Certain areas continue to be more challenging than others when it comes to recruiting staff, uh, not just regionally, but across the state and nationwide. Those specifically would be math, science, foreign language, and most challenging of all, special education. Uh, as we go out to recruit this spring, we recognize that the solutions to our needs in the area of special education will not solely be found on the campus of universities or in the classrooms of other school districts. We know a fantastic solution potentially exists right here on our own campuses and in our own classrooms. And our team working with leadership and learning, working with special education and working with the human resources department 
has developed for your review and consideration an incentive plan that we hope will attract some of our very best teachers uh, to consider entering into the special education classrooms that so desperately need our talented staff. And I'm going to turn it over to our team now and they're going to share details with you. Good evening. Um, thanks for the opportunity. I know that you've received a board report that shares more detail about the information about the, the special education incentive program. So a couple of things that I just want to recap is that by entering into, one of the things that we're looking to pursue is entering into a partnership with a university um, as we've been exploring um, various universities regionally, both on the Kansas and Missouri side to help us um, establish a cohort um, to provide opportunities for masters in special education for our general education staff who would have already had a teaching license. And so by doing this, what that will do is, um, obviously as Dr. Sumner mentioned earlier, we have a significant shortage of special education staff available, um, even in, in the pool in the market. And so this grow your own program, if you will, would allow us to um, partner with staff within our current district um, who have an interest in exploring um, the, the realm of special education. One of the things that is appealing is um, from the special education director perspective of, of being able to have a hands-on approach with those instructional opportunities um, within the cohort for staff. So with that, we believe that it could also help us increase it, um, retention rates through some coursework and district alignment so we can infuse um, the coursework and put our own Shawnee mission spin on the, the coursework through the university and that partnership. So with this partnership, obviously we would um, increase overall our targeted um, qualified special education staff. It also would help us um, just infuse a natural level of training for those new staff right into the special education classroom. So not only from an instructional standpoint, standpoint, but from also a compliance standpoint as well. We could infuse all of those aspects within the coursework, which is very appealing. The other piece is that we would have, as a special education department, we would have some ability to partner with the university and deliver that instruction ourselves um, in unison with um, the university that would be selected. So again, we can work hand in hand, um, target the, the actual components that our community needs, that our students needs that are that are walking in the door every day and we can make those connection. The other piece is that there's a nice alignment with the strategic plan, specifically strategy 2.22 with that grow your own program as we're exploring different opportunities to increase our staffing um, within the district. So furthermore, just to give you an overview, a brief overview of the scope and the cost, we would start with this potential um, first cohort. We would look at about eight to ten teachers um, to start that we've identified. Again, these individuals would already be general education licensure, so they have a teaching license. Um, they would have the option to determine if they wanted to choose a 24 credit course um, where they could just get the special education endorsement or um, potentially a 36 
hour program to receive a full master's in special education. What we're proposing tonight is that the district would consider um, making an investment in regards to um, helping um, with those costs. Um, so we would, as the district, we would pay 90% of their tuition and then the staff members um, who would be involved in this would have a 10% commitment um, financially. We are asking that the staff, um, so we would fund this through federal dollars. Um, so obviously those federal dollars change periodically, but at this point in time, we would look to fund those out of Title IIA or Title III funds. Um, we do ask for a little bit of a commitment from um, the staff who um, choose to join this cohort and so we would ask obviously they have those course criteria that they they meet with a B average but we are are also asking for them to two years during the cohort they would be placed in a special education classroom with that support and then following the completion and um, completing all of the licensure requirement practice tests wh whatever those components may entail for that special education licensure um, and then following up with an additional three years um, within a special education classroom. Um, so ideally, um, we would have a timeline to where we would start marketing and finalizing um, discussions with um, universities to really narrow down the focus um, and problem solve courses, credits, things of that nature, um, where we would um, finalize that anytime by March of 2020, so in the next month or so, um, and then also publicizing and getting information out to staff um, so we can hold some informational sessions. The ideal target start date would be we could offer some on-site courses to, um, this summer prior to staff being placed in special education classes um, in the fall. So any questions? Are there any questions? I, yeah, I was just going to ask, um, and I emailed you a bunch of questions, so thank you for responding. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> problem. Um, it, it sounded like we were not going to be using this to focus. I know gifted is a piece of our, how we think about SPED in the district. Mm -hmm. We're not focusing on gifted teachers at this point because it's not necessarily a place that we are in quite as high of need as the low and, low and high incidence SPED teachers, is that accurate? You're, you're correct. So we have essentially in special education in the state of Kansas, we have three levels of licensure. So we would have a low incidence, a high incidence, and then also gifted. And so, um, so we are definitely open to exploring all aspects. Our greatest continuing need when you look at the data historically has been the, um, either that low or high incidence in filling those positions. So that's where we really wanted to start our focus. Great. Thank you. And I, I have one other question just about um, for teachers who participate in this, since they'll be receiving additional education, just confirming that then they'll be able to be appropriately placed in the column that reflects the new education and experience they have. Yes. Yeah. Good evening. That is correct. Um, so as they accrue these hours, just as with any other staff member in the district, they then can submit those transcripts. Um, our column movement, of course, is all prescribed within that negotiated agreement. And then they could make that, um, that reflective um, change or that move to those other columns within the negotiated agreement based on those transcripts. Um, so yes, as they then earn that master's degree, moving to that master's column, or if they already hold a master's degree and are just going the certification route, um, then being able to move to the master's plus 15 and master's plus 30. So yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Sinclair? Um, I, I appreciate this approach of trying to um, 
create some opportunities for our students and our staff and our teachers here in the district. So thank you for kind of thinking outside the box. I just had a really quick logistics question about um, so if you're if we're partnering with the university and then there's some adjunct te teaching from um, our own um, uh, educators in the district, does the university then buy out part of our time, or how does that how does that logistically that partnership work? So they just buy a part of that FTE, or all I don't know, I'm just all, curious. Yeah, that. that's a great question. I'm just so to understand all of the, the finances of it. Yeah, that coursework is offer, offered in the evenings, um, okay. so outside of contractual time. Okay. So any of the compensation that's provided to those adjunct professors is handled through the university and that adjunct professor based on the rate of pay through that. So university. it's just a standard kind of adjunct mm -hmm. position. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are there any other questions? I might add too, you know, this is wholly dependent on the sustainability of this is wholly dependent on us getting adequate federal funds. So right, it's, this is all coming from uh, from federal sources. And that can vary from year to year. Mm -hmm. So you know, you, you try it, you see uh, see if it's successful, but you also have to pay attention to whether or not the funding stream is gonna be there from one year to the next. Okay. I'm sorry, you triggered, uh, reminded me of one other question. So are those, and those federal funds are restricted dollars. So those can only be used for professional development, correct? That's correct. That's the Title II dollars. The yeah. Tyler, yes, the Title II dollars that will be yeah, that's identified right. for yeah. funding. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we're moving on to 3.2, the ELL Staffing Incentive Program. Good evening. Um, Kim Barney is joining me also from the CNI department this evening for a proposal that's very similar to the one that we just heard, this one for English language learners. Um, so we're here to request your support for a, another tuition support, tuition relief program that will support teachers in adding an ESOL endorsement that's English for speakers of other languages. One of the differences that that ESL has from other endorsements is that it's not typically move, used to move to another position. It's an endorsement that indicates uh, proficiency and comfort with strategies that work with English learners. And so typically a teacher would earn this endorsement and then go back into the classroom and use those strategies and skills to benefit students. And there is a great need in Shawnee Mission um, we have over 2,800, I think it was 2,822 was the last number we saw, uh, of students who are English language learners in the district. So that's more than 10% of our population, which I don't think a lot of people uh, realize. We have students in every school but one uh, in the district. So this is an issue that cuts across uh, the district. We are... Um, we're making this request in an effort to provide support for those students and, and also to bring uh, awareness of strategies that can benefit not only English learners but also other students as well. And we have three main goals of this partnership. The first and foremost and most important is that increased support for our ELL students by providing our teachers and investing in our teachers to pursue a low cost option to increase their capacity to learn instructional strategies to better meet the needs of our students will increase the support that our kids ultimately get in the classroom. Those same strategies and tools that the teachers will be getting as part of this coursework are also just great strategies for all students. They leverage high impact 
impact high levels of learning across the board. So an incidental benefit is not only would our ELL students benefit from this, but we believe all of our students that would be in those teachers' classrooms throughout the day or throughout the year would also benefit. And then the third one has to do with the potential for increased funding. Um, we currently receive weighted funding for the ELL program. Um, the state offers two options. The first one being based on headcount, which is truly the enrollment of ELL students in our district on September 20th. And so that's a, a number that they, they pull and they weight it and we get funding. We also participate in the fall, um, it's called the September 20th minute count, where we literally compile all the instructional minutes that our ELL students receive from endorsed teachers. And then we can count those minutes towards potential funding. The last few years, we've had to get our funding based on headcount because we don't have enough endorsed teachers to make more by doing it the minute count way. So we're confident that if we're able to do this over time, that potentially we could reinvest or get some more money that we could reinvest into the ELL program as an additional benefit or goal. So here are some specifics. Uh, we would partner with Kansas State University and the Center for Intercultural and Multilingual Advocacy. Uh, they're an organization that we have worked with in the past, although it's been a couple of years now. And we would uh, try to put together a cohort of 20 teachers. Uh, 20 is kind of a, a sweet, so sweet spot. That's the minimum that K-State uh, will accept, but it's also a, a number that we feel like we can be able to accommodate with our budget. Uh, we, these teachers would go through nine credit hours, um, three three-credit hour courses, one in language acquisition, one in uh, assessment, student assessment, and one in ESL strategies or, or methods. Um, like the special ed proposal that you just heard about, this would uh, be a, a district uh, partnership with the teacher, we would pay 90% and the teacher would pay uh, the remaining 10%. The total commitment between the two is about $2,700 per teacher, or a total of $5,400, or $54,000 rather, uh, for the, the cohort of 20. So again, the district would pay 90% of that and the teacher would pay the other 10. Uh, this is also uh, paid for with federal dollars, Title II, which is restricted to uh, support for teacher growth and professional learning. Title III is the federal bilingual program, and it's a little more broad. It has to be spent on bilingual education, but professional learning is part of that, um, that we can, we can spend those dollars. And like the special education uh, proposal, there would be um, a, uh, an agreement. We would ask that the teacher pass this coursework, these nine hours, with a B or better, that they take the, the state required praxis exam to get the endorsement, that they actually add that endorsement to their license, and that, uh, again, like special education, that they would agree to um, work in Shawnee Mission for an additional three years. So pending your approval of this later on this evening and, of course, the availability of funds, this is the timeline that we've put together. Um, the first step is really about getting information out, so we would work uh, closely with our partners at K-State to work through the logistics and get um, information out to all of our teachers so they would be aware of this opportunity. In March, we would have an informational meeting where we would invite anybody who's interested in learning more about this proposal could attend. They could get all the information that they need and have a chance to get their questions answered. During the month of April, we would ask them to submit their applications and then those would be reviewed. And then by early May, we would be able to communicate back to the teachers that were accepted. And if we're fortunate enough that we have 
have more than 20, then the unfortunate thing is we'd have to communicate that they might not have made it this time, but we hope we could do this in the future. Um, and that would all happen in early May. Then they would work with the university to facilitate their enrollment. And then we would like the first class to begin the summer with the second one following in the fall semester, the third one in the spring semester, so basically a year from now, um, next January. And then that would allow them to complete their coursework in time to take the praxis late spring or early summer and get that endorsement added to their license before we do that minute count that I referenced earlier so we actually could then count their um, instructional minutes towards funding. We would actually be able to count their instructional minutes before they finish. That was a plan. Yeah, we'd have to have them sign a plan that, that they're willing to work on it and continue down that road, but we could, yeah, we we could, could start down start that path. That. Absolutely. So um, with that in mind, we just appreciate your time and your consideration of this proposal, and do you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer. Are there any questions? Jessica? Sorry, it's yeah. like Mary and I are going to have a question. question <laughs> on. Um, I, I was just interested to hear, I emailed you guys uh, through board docs, shared a question about um, globally, like how many more ELL endorsed teachers would we need to meet the demands of our students? And I thought the answer was really interesting, if you wouldn't mind sharing. There, there really isn't a magic number of endorsements or ratio that we're trying to reach. This is about quality instruction and improving teachers' strategy, their, their toolkits. So we would love to have as many as we could possibly get. Uh, there are some advantages, for example, at the elementary level. If, if you only have one teacher endorsed at a grade level, uh, it's, it's not best practice to have all of the ELL students in one classroom, so it's nice to be able to, to spread that around. We have needs at all of our secondary buildings as well. Anything you'd add to that? Well, just the, the more we can have teachers that have flexibility. So sometimes we have the right number of teachers, but they're not at the grade level or in the content areas. So just the, as we, if the more we can increase the capacity of our teachers, the more support we can provide our students throughout the day. And also had the same question as before, just confirming the column movement that would happen related to those three um, items of course. That's, that's correct. Thank you. Mary? The, as more teachers um, have that certification, there's an additional possibility of gaining resources. Can you speak a little bit more about what those additional resources are targeted for, or how the district can support the needs of students through those? It, it can be used to pay for materials, uh, instructional resources, um, specifically targeting bilingual students or, or English learners. It could be used for um, staffing if we needed to uh, increase the number of staff members we have that are specifically addressing by the needs of bilingual students. Those are the two big ones I can think of. Summer program. It's, yeah, that would, that's true. Instructional programs in, during the summer would be another thing. Okay. Thank you very much. Does oh, anybody else? I just want to say one more thing, if that's okay. Yeah, um, this has been a collaborative uh, partnership. I wanted to acknowledge the uh, support of the Human Resources Office and special education as we've talked through these proposals. Thank you all. Thank you. It's appreciated. Uh, moving on to 3.3, the food service program update. Nancy Kokenauer's Director of Food Service, is going to present uh, an update on the uh, unpaid lunch balances that we've been working on over this past year. Okay. Good evening. Thank mm -hmm. you for letting me come talk. I wanted to start out with showing you our breakfast and lunch participation, and this is through the end of last school year. 
Breakfast continues, um, participation continues to grow. That is primarily because we've really focused on encouraging our free and reduced families that have been approved for free and reduced lunch to understand that they can also participate in breakfast. As well as we offer a second chance breakfast in all of our high schools. We offer regular breakfast before school starts and then a second chance between first and second passing periods. And like at Shawnee Mission Northwest, we'll serve about 300 kids in uh, 10 minutes. Uh, so it is a busy place about 9.15 in the morning. Um, lunches um, are all over the board and there is no magic word as to why. There are factors that affect that. Snow days, number of days we're actually in school, early release days, especially in high schools if they're not required to stay for lunch, field trips that kids are out of the building, student attendance with illnesses and whatnot, and then meal prices do affect our participation in lunch. Free and reduced lunch program. That is a program that the food service office um, handles. Um, we currently, you can see our numbers with the number of kids that are on free as well as reduced. And um, we handle those and we pride ourselves in processing all those applications within 24 hours upon receipt of receiving the application, whereas federal law states it's 10 days. So we are very proud of being able to do that quickly. Summer lunch continues to grow every summer. Uh, last summer we partnered with our summer um, school program here in the district and you can see we ran eight sites and we served over 28,000 kids in basically two months. So it was a busy summer, which we plan to do the same this summer. After school snacks and meal program, those are two separate programs that we offer and I work with the building principals to decide what would be best for their particular program. Both programs you have to be over 50% free or reduced in your building. Uh, the snack of course just is a smaller amount of food versus the meal. Uh, last school year we had 17 schools that qualified and 16 schools participated. And the financial performance, you can see the numbers as far as our expenses versus our revenue. Uh, we had more expenses than we did revenue, and that was attributed to those eight snow days and about $110,000 worth of equipment that I had to purchase. And last but not least are the negative account balances I wanted to talk about. As you recall, um, last uh, November, uh, we started a new policy that you folks had agreed to as a pilot that we were going to um, basically feed all children no matter whether they had money in their account balance or not. And then we were going to then work with the parents for payment after the fact. Um, and you can see in June, which was we started this in November, so it was June when we had the total negative account balance was $27,830. Of that amount, we had um, $10,856, $10, which had students that had over $75 in negative accounts. We had tried on multiple occasions to work with parents for payment without success, so that $10,000 plus were turned over to collections. The difference of those two numbers, that rolled over to this next year, so parents had students that started the school year with negative account balances. In December, we did the same thing. Our total negative account balance was 65000 and we turned over a little over 20000 to collections. Can I answer questions? Anyone else want to start? Um, once an account is sent to collections, what is the return rate on the amount sent to collections? Like where does out of the ten thousand that we sent in June, it was 
I think Russ told me about four hundred dollars. Okay, thanks. Um, are we still partnering with folks who are donating to help cover the costs? Uh, we have had phenomenal during the holiday season of people just calling randomly, offering to send $50 or $100. And we work with each person individually, letting them decide what school, what group of students, if it's a third grade class. I've had grandparents call to help a third grade class, whatever. We follow whatever they want and we um, work through that process. Um, we have some students that are on free that have account balances um, but not very many right now and some reduced primarily it's um, the paid students okay thank you do any other board members have questions Brown? so remind me we've got the 65,000 in December this you said most are 45,000 that carries forward into this mm -hmm. spring semester mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to talk about this again in June or after the June cutoff. Right. Yeah, I do it basically at the end of the school year. We'll do the numbers again, and then I do it in December. So, yeah. Before we did this whole new process, if you remember, we did the toasted cheese sandwich type of thing. We ran about four to $5,000 worth of negative accounts at any one time. And at the end of the year, we were down to zero. Everybody paid off their accounts. Because um, basically when we turn this money over to collections, then that is the amount of money the district has to pay out of the general fund to food service. That's federal law. It's considered bad debt. Right. But the, I'm sorry, Brad. Thank My you. apologies. Thank you. But the only portion you're turning over to collections is the small amount that is coming from families that are full pay <laughs> families. Now they could be reduced or they could be free if they haven't paid, if we don't have enough donation money to help us with that. If we don't have enough donation mm -hmm. money to help It's anybody us with that's that. over $75, and we have tried and tried and tried to ask for help. You know, we'll even say to a family, you know, if you're at $95, do you have 20 bucks? Let's mm -hmm. get you down before 75 We don't want to turn you over to collections. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Dr. Sinclair? Mm -hmm. um, could you, thank you for your, all your efforts. Could you remind me again what kind of the number, do you have a sense of the numbers of families that we're looking at? Um, the total number of students that have negative account balances the 1st of February um, that were greater than $75 were 235 families, or students, I'm sorry, 235 students that were greater than $75. Okay. Uh, and are there, I might direct this to maybe even Dr. Ford, are there any questions that we really should be asking here or? Yeah, I think it's just, it's important to pay attention to who owes. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the families are full pay families. Mm -hmm. We recognize that they may be in unique personal circumstances right. where they're not right. in a position to pay and we try to work confidentially with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there are some that can pay. Mm -hmm. We do so make we personal do. phone calls right. once a month and really talk them through what can we do to help. Tell us your situation. And we try to be as compassionate and as caring as we at all possible can be. Then we'll work with the building principal if they know of a family or they might have a little bit of money from PTA to help this family. Any avenue we are truly trying to go after. So do you... Yeah. Do you get a sense that of those families that you're able to, or students you're able to connect with and it's a different set of yes. uh, students or families mm -hmm. so you might kind of make resolution mm -hmm. over here but then mm -hmm. there's another mm -hmm. group of folks that are. Right. For example, um, at Christmas time with all the money we had as donations, we were able to um, clear out all of our negative account balances for free students. We had phenomenal donations. But then 
as we had some more people that were on paid after talking with them, they flipped over to free by submitting an application. Now we've got about $1,300 that's owed of those families because they were paid and now they're free. So we'll hope to find some donations. So it's a constant, every day is different. It's just one of those situations. Jamie? I was going to ask about donations. <clears throat> Excuse me. How, how are donations looking this year? I know we have some... They're much higher than they've ever been in the past. Okay. In the past, I would get maybe 5000 or less. And I think um, this year we've had about 15000 And it's word of mouth. It's just been a phenomenal situation. Yeah. So if a family, if someone in our community wanted to make a donation... They just call me. They just call you. And I work with them individually, right? Okay. Right. And, you know, have there been, and, and I'm new to the board, so mm -hmm. this may have been explored in the past, um, have there been some creative ways to help, you know, um, pay some of this down, such as, um, for example, if a student purchases a lunch, you know, if we could round up to the next dollar or something like that to help that would go into a fund or something like a parent that could opt into a program like that? I mean, mm. are there some creative things that... I'd have to ask the state if that was allowed. Okay. My program is so federally regulated, I have to be real sure. careful. Yes, we don't want to get in trouble, but um, I'm just wondering if there's some, you know, things that we might be able to do. We get a lot, we'll get a, um, quite a few donations in the spring as the graduating seniors are getting ready to depart. Um, many of those parents, if they don't have younger siblings, they will donate the remaining balance. And so we'll get a nice um, amount of money in the spring, usually. But ultimately, if somebody wants to make a donation... They call the, the food event, service office, and the then I service. take all those calls, yeah. Okay. And I just really walk them through and try to get a feel for what they're, they're most passionate about. Wonderful. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And if they're not passionate about any particular school, then we put it in our general, and then we use it to the best of our abilities. Thank you. Right. Brad? Oh, sorry, Sarah. I had a question. You used to track the amount of staff hours that are being spent. How, are, how is that going? And um, is it going to be huge. sustainable for you to be able to um, administer this program? I'm making it, I'm making it work. And my ladies, they, they're so compassionate and they want to feed kids. And we just make it work. It's just part of our day now. Yeah, the, the phone calls that we have to make now, where we choose to make once a month, it's taking you know about eight hours to make pages and pages of phone calls just trying to reach people and their personal phone calls because the parents have gotten email text or some other notification that they've been negative all this time and so we just want that personalized call well it looked like too by your the report that we got the longer report we got that you had pretty good success when those letters were sent at the end of the semester and mm -hmm. collecting quite a bit of that money this year you. we did at christmas time we had a very good <coughs> success mm -hmm. yeah but you just don't know why yeah yeah Reverend Guy. Um, thank you for all you're doing to try to um, reach out to families and, and take all these donations. And um, I'm happy that all of our kids are getting mm -hmm. fed. But I, yeah, I want to keep working on on getting um, getting your budget where it needs to be. I want to go back to your financial performance slide for just a moment, um, just to make sure I understand and everybody understands that um, there has been increased expenses in food service because we are now paying food service employees even when we have a snow day, mm -hmm. is that correct? Mm -hmm. And this is a new, mm -hmm. in the past year, did we make that decision last year? Yeah, the year? district made the decision last year um, that all staff was paying and food service pays their own bills, so we pay. Okay. And my um, 
labor cost per day roughly is $20,000. Okay. And we, and my understanding is um, the, we made that decision because uh, those families are depending on that right. income and right. they can't control the weather. Right. Uh, and my staff is very appreciative, right. absolutely right. appreciative right. of that. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, this was in the fuller report, but could you briefly share um, what the nutrition standards are that our school meals are beholden to? I know there's about a thousand rules about it. Um, I wouldn't have enough time this evening to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, possibly because you're a new board member, we ought to sit down one-on-one. -on -one. And I I'd love that. possibly for you and Jamie, if you'd like to join, we'd love to educate you on what it takes to serve a lunch and a breakfast. Yeah. Okay. I'll reach out. Thank you. I did have one more question. Go ahead, Jamie. So <clears throat> in your uh, PowerPoint presentation, you had said that, um, there was one school that qualified, but why would a, ch a school choose not to participate? I can't answer that. Okay. And it's been the same school. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've reached out and reached out, and they've just chosen and said no thank you. Okay. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, you're welcome. Have a lovely evening. Mm -hmm. okay. So that concludes our discussion item. <laughs> Moving on to the consent agenda, I'm seeing a motion to approve 4.1, the consent items for this evening. So moved. Second. Seconded by Dr. Sinclair, moved by Sarah. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Moving on to 5.1, approval of the SPED staffing initiative program. Seek a motion to approve. So moved. Moved by Ms. Goodburn. Second. Second. Uh, seconded by Brad. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Well, any opposed? Nope. Passes 7-0. Um, 5-2, approval of the ELL staffing incentive program. So moved. Second. Um, moved by Mr. Stratton and seconded by Dr. Sinclair. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Passes 7-0. 5-3, um, approval of proposal language changes to the school psychologist personnel policies for the 2019-2020 school year. I'll seek a motion. So moved. Moved by Ms. Goodburn. I'll second. Seconded by Mr. Stratton. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No, passes 7-0. This is a long one tonight. Okay, 5-4, approval of administrator contracts. I'll seek a motion. I'll move, I'll move approval. Moved by Dr. Sinclair. Second. Seconded by Ms. Goodburn. And I'm going to have uh, Dr. Fulton just say a couple quick words before we vote. Sure. This is an extension of administrator contracts. It is not salary. We'll do that next month, and that's going to be pretty simple. I'll be recommending a 1% increase for all district's administrators except cabinet, who will be held at last year's rate, including me. All right. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. Passes 7-0. Moving on to 5-5. Five five. Um, a bid for pizza. I'll move that one. <laughs> I'll second it. Moved by Mr. Stratton. Seconded by Ms. Skirburn. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? None. My son thanks you. All right. Moving on to 5-6. Uh, bid for milk and juice products. This one's for the moms. Um, I'll seek a motion to approve. I'll, I'll motion. <laughs> Is second. there a second? Then second from Jessica, moved by Sarah. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? 
7057, approval of the Shawnee Mission School District theatrical lighting upgrades at Shawnee Mission North, Trail Ridge Middle School, and West Ridge Middle School. I'll move. Moved by Mr. Stratton. I'll second. Seconded by Ms. Goodburn. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? We all like the theater. Passes 7 0. Approval of 5.08, approval of the Shawnee Mission School District restroom flooring and area flooring improvements at selected schools. Seek a motion. I'll move. Moved by Dr. Sinclair. I'll second. Seconded by Ms. Goodburn. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? None. Passes 7 0. Finally, approval of the financial auditor. Um, I'll seek a motion to approve. So moved. Is there a second? I'll second. Seconded by Mr. Stratton. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, passes 7-0. And we made it to board comments. Mm -hmm. um, are there any board members who have comments for this evening? Uh, I'll start with Jamie on the end and work our way down. Okay. okay. Um, just a couple quick shout outs. Um, Dr. Bishop, who is a music teacher at Trail Ridge, he wrote a symphony. Wow. Yeah, wow is right, yes. And the symphony is called Traversing the Trail, and it had its world debut this, this last week at Shawnee Mission Northwest. And just that kind of love for your job and that kind of dedication to students, I just think is just amazing. And so congratulations and thank you, Dr. Bishop. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to the site council meeting last week. I have been in site councils for six or seven years now, and hands down, it was the best site council I have ever attended. I'm not sure if anyone else in the audience um, was able to make it, but this is a wonderful way to get involved with your school and make a big impact in the district, and fabulous discussion, and great job, because I know a lot of hands went into that, so wonderful job on that. And then also, just on a really neat community building and relationship building note, um, Rising Star and Mill Creek both had bingo nights this past weekend, and I saw all the pictures, and it looked like everybody had such a great time. So thanks to all the PTAs out there that um, worked together to, to do such fun community events um, because it really does make, I think, schools feel, um, you know, spe like a special place, an extra special place, I should say. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody on this end? Uh, Ms. Goodburn? I do have a couple events. <clears throat> so this Thursday, the 27th, I wanted to give a shout out to Shawnee Mission North. They're going to be having a Black History Month program. It's during seminar 1005 to 1110. I will be attending. If any of you would like to join me, you're more than welcome to. I'll probably be sitting in the front row. They're always very good shows. So I want to let you know about that. And then I also wanted to let the community know about a special event that the City of Mission is doing with harvesters. They've done this in the past, and I think I've told you in the past. They're doing a mobile food distribution event this Saturday, the 29th. Is that the right day? Yeah, 29th, which is our bonus day in February this year. 8.30 a.m., no identification is necessary. It's a drive-through distribution. It's open to all people at 8.30. Basically, you just get in line with your car, and volunteers are there to load it full of fresh produce, milk, everything. I participated the one in the fall, and it was really, um, I don't remember how many cars, but it was quite a few. Um, so anyway, it's a first-come, first-served basis, and again, no, no identification nece necessary. If anyone's interested in going, it's in the parking lot, in the Fieldhouse parking lot is where they kind of line up and do, and do that. So just want to let the community and you all know about it, too. Thank you. Hi. 
Jessica, are you looking like you want to make I comments? I just okay. want to give a like one more shout out to Mr. Lee who got the All-Star Award at the beginning of tonight. He is actually the, the custodian at my children's school and they will be very thrilled that I got to um, be part of his special night tonight. I also wanted to correct, congratulate the Shawnee Mission South Theater Department did Mamma Mia last weekend. I heard fantastically wonderful things. My crutches prevented me from actually attending, but I heard wonderful things. And I wanted to note for folks out there that March 11th, our social workers are doing um, a program called Prepped and Ready, Parenting Your Preteen. So if you're um, afraid of that like me, uh, it's from 6 to 7 p.m. on March 11th. Thank you. Anybody else? Um, Mary, yeah? If we're going to do shout outs, I'll add a shout out to um, the uh, editor of the Harbinger at Trinity Mission East, one student journalist of the state, um, Ben Henschel. So, congratulations to Ben. Um, so, I guess I'm going last, and I'm actually going to give a shout out to Chief Douglas. Thank you for your assistance the last few weeks. It's been appreciated. I heard from a patron as well who um, I had reached out with some security concerns and you had followed up with him, and so that was also appreciated. Um, thank you. All right, and so with that, we will be moving for into executive session. I'll seek a motion from Mary, and also if we could have five minutes between now and when executive session starts, that would be great. Okay. I move to go into executive session to discuss legal matters with our legal counsel pursuant to the exception for matters with which would be deemed privileged in the attorney-client relationship under COMA, and the board will reconvene in the boardroom at, it is 7.15 right now, so 7.20. Do you want to do 30 minutes? 7.50? 7.50. All right, 7.50. I'll second. second. Okay. Unless someone else does. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. Passes 7-0. There will be no further business when we return from executive session.